Good morning, good morning, Rabotai. Welcome to Breakfast in the Class. Breakfast in the Class today is dedicated, loving memory, Lunishmat, Marcel Khalife Bat Badeya. Alea Shalom. Dr. Freewa's sister, sponsored anonymously. As well, Breakfast in the Class is dedicated in honor of the first birthday of our great grandson, Etan Moshe, in Eretz Israel. Um, may he grow to be a mentorah and bring much naha to the family and Am Israel from Helene and Edward Frischman. Uh, as well, loving memory, Lunishmat Mordechai. Ben Yecheskel, Lava Shalom, sponsored by his daughter Brenda Namdar, and dedicated loving memory of Daisy Azer, Alea Shalom, Lilunishmat Daisy Bagojie, for her Shiloshim by Sandy and Haron Shochet and family, and in loving memory, Lilunishmat Saul Rudiman Shalom, Abba Ben Peretz, on his yard site Wednesday, 9th of Sivan. Thank you, Rabbi Fari, for your warm welcome and zechut to pray with you and Duchen for your Kehillah last week. My maternal grandfather was all about generosity. Kindness, humor, honesty, and Torah values. You possess these very same traits. Maybe Melisiosha for all of us from Olam Dedicated by Arthur Lacks and family. All the way from Miami. Hazako Baruch. And as well, sponsored by Joel and Avi Oster. Dedicated in honor of all their next generation, their kids, their grandchildren, and their families. In loving memory of Joe Dura, Alava Shalom, Yosef and Mordechai and Kenya. Alava Shalom by Claudia and Marcus Dura and family. Um, and we can call Bruce Sponsor for David E. Ash in honor of you and your substantial capacity to do good today and every day. Michila, I'm sorry if the, uh, the, the um, dedications got delayed uh, till we had an opportunity to do another breakfast in the class. Okay, this week's parashah, my friends, we cover the, the uh, super special event that we have every single day in our Beit Knesset, the Berchat Kohanim. Now we are lucky, Hashem, Every morning, we should say, Thank you, Hashem. Baruch Hashem, Elkinu Melech HaOlam. Shelo Asani Ashkenazi. Why? Not because we're better than Ashkenazim. There's no better. All Jews are the same. Baruch Hashem, all Jews are blessed. There's one thing that we have, though, that we are literally blessed for, for being Sephardic. And that is, that we live in Chutz Laaretz, and we have Berkat Kohanim every day. Okay? They Ashkenazim only have Berkat Kohanim when it comes to the holiday season. If you live in Eretz Israel, Ashkenazim also have Birkat Kohanim every day. In fact, they tell the story of one morning in Atere Torah, all of a sudden there's a big commotion at the back of the, at the, back of the yeshiva synagogue. No one knows what's going on. The door is open and who comes in? Rav Aaron Leib Steinman, one of the great uh, leaders of Ashkenaz Jewry that passed away in the last decade. Okay? So everyone's going crazy. Why is the Gadol Ador here at Atere Torah? Why is he coming to pray Shacharit in a Sephardic Minyan. The rabbi over there didn't know that he was even coming. And they came to him, they said, well, look, we're very happy to have you, but how come the rabbi is here praying with us? And he said, because every morning I live in Yerushalayim, I have a zuchut to pray with Berkat Kohanim. Now I'm here, unfortunately, I feel like I'm missing something if I don't have it. So I asked them to find me a Sephardim Minyan so I could pray with the Sephardim so that I could get Berkat Kohanim. Isn't that wild? Gadol Ador. Wild. Not only that, Gadol Ador, who gets Birkat Kohanim every day of his life, and now he happens to be in Chutz Laaretz. It's his minhag to pray Ashkenazim. Why did he do that? I think the answer is in the fact that we don't appreciate how valuable, how powerful the Birkat Kohanim uh, is. In fact, our rabbis tell us that when it comes, <clears throat> when it comes to uh, gizerot, 
when it comes to all sorts of problems that a person has, like the Pasuk says, El zo'em b'chol yom. There's a split second in every day where God, His judgment, so to speak, takes precedence over His mercy. There's a moment where God, so to speak, sits in judgment. It's, it would seem that, it's God, that God is angry at that point in the day. Mi mevatel, says the Yerushalmi, the Gemara in the intractate Yerushalmi in Masechet Sotah. Mi mevatel, what could stand up against God's anger to annul a gezerah that's happening unto a person? Rabbi Avin b'shem Rabbi Acha. Rabbi Avin says in the name Rabbi Acha, Birkat Kohanim mevatelet. So God is angry. Who's going to protect you if God is angry? Right? If Hashem is ruling now, uh, negative gizirot, what could possibly stop that? Right? De Blasio? What's going to stop? Right? Chalas, you're done. You're toast. Right? What's the answer? The answer is, Rabbi Avin says in the name of Acha, Birkat Kohanim Mivatelet. So, Rabbi Aaron Leib was not prepared to miss even a single day of this concept. You know, um, a lot of times we're not aware of these brachot that we have sitting right in front of us. A lot of times a person will come and they'll ask, uh, you know, a rabbi for a beracha, and they're not realizing, Chafetz Chaim used to say always, they can go directly to the source. You can go into the Torah where, the, where God makes promises about if you do certain things, how it will reward you. Surely God's beracha is better than that of a of any great rabbi. So we should seek out that beracha. God tells us that I'm going to give my beracha through whom? To the Kohanim. In fact, the Midrash tells us that when the Jewish people heard that they were going to be blessed by the Kohanim, they said to God, we don't want anyone to bless us but you. Like the Pasuk says, We ask God, we say, look down from your holy sanctuary in the heavens, and you bless, bless us yourself. We don't want it to come through anybody else. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, that's true. But my beracha, when I give the beracha, when the Kohanim give the beracha, it's not them that's giving the beracha. They are channeling my beracha to you. In fact, that's why the beracha carries within it uh, three times. It says specifically, Yivarechecha Amunai Yishmirecha Ye'er Three times it mentions the name of God in the, uh, in the Birkat Kohanim. In fact, I don't know if you paid attention, but we say, Bless us with the triple blessing. What's a triple threat? What's the hat trick? Why is it a triple blessing? Because it mentions God's name three times specifically in the Bekat Kohanim, and they're using the four-letter name of God, the Yud Kevavke, and that's how they're blessing the Jewish people. So God says to the Jewish people, you want a direct blessing from me? Don't worry. You're getting a direct blessing from me when you're standing in front of the Kohanim. And quote, the, the, the Midrash in Tanchumah quotes the Pasuk. The Pasuk says that the, uh, the Kohanim are standing there with their hands outstretched. And what does the Pasuk say? Uh, Here, behold, he stands behind our wall. Yani, behind the backs of the Kohanim. Uh, uh, he looks through the window. He's 
peering, or he's peeking through the cracks. Says Midrash, what is the cracks that God is peeking through? Through the split ends of the Kohanim. That is from whence HaKadosh Baruch Hu's blessing is emanating uh, as he commanded the Kohanim to bless us. So that's the bracha HaMishuleshet. Now a Kohen has no choice in channeling the bracha that he gives. He gives a bracha which is monolithic, which is unchanging. And it is specifically so. Why is the beracha called beracha mishuleshet? We gave one first reason, because the beracha is a beracha which has God's name three times. But to call it the, the triple blessing, it sounds a little bit more specific than that. And uh, the Chachamim explained um, a fantastic idea. Rabbi Weinberger brings in the name, I think it's of the Belzer Dayan. He says, that the concept here is what makes it a triple blessing is the fact that they're using the name of God, Yudke Vavke, which is an allegory, Yud He, and then Vav He is an a, a allegory or a, a memorial, if you will, of the fact that God is Hayah, Hoveh, Vihyeh, carries within it those elements that make up the different tenses, past, present, and future. Why? Because when a human being gives a Be'acha, you might actually, in trying to bless the person, you might be not giving them beracha at all. Let's say a guy's dating this girl who really wants to close a deal. Comes to the rabbi, the rabbi says, I bless you, you should be engaged. Maybe she's the wrong one. Now you blessed him, has he, he's stuck with this girl. Or vice versa, with this guy. Right? You take a guy, he has, uh, he's, you know, he's making it but struggling to get by, and you bless him with fabulous wealth. Shalom HaMelech writes, Osher, Shamur Lebaalav, Lerato. Sometimes a person has money in his life and it is, it's, uh, it's a curse for him. It winds up bringing out only bad things in his life. It estranges his children, his wife, it makes everybody spoiled, it makes them, you know, uh, need certain things in their life that they can't live without. Whereas once he was innocent and pure and giving and kind, now he's elitist and stingy and etc., etc., etc. So sometimes you could bless somebody and it could actually not be positive for them at all. Who knows how to give blessings, berachot, that are only positive? Only God, by virtue of the fact. He is past, present, and future. He knows where you've been, he knows where you are, and he knows where you're going. So only God could give, as we say in the Amidah, gomel. Chasadim, God grants kindnesses, but His kindnesses are always Gomer Chasadim Tovim. They actually are and they remain, they remain kind. My friends, this concept is the triple element of the blessing of the, of the Kohanim that is given by God. And therefore, a Kohen has no right to adapt the Berachot to something else. If a Kohen thinks, you know what, I know there's a guy in the room now He's struggling. Instead of saying, I'm going to say, you know, help Mr. Goldberg with his, you know, not allowed to do that. Why do we, how do we know that? The Pasuk says, Like this, you should bless the Jewish people. It's kept in a vague way. You know, what is it? Hashem should, uh, Hashem should bless you and protect you. Doesn't say from what. Only God knows what to protect you from. Certain things, if God was to protect you from them, actually, you'd be much worse off. You need to not be protected 
from this situation, from this life lesson, from this uh, personal crisis, which actually will yield tremendous benefits for you. Hashem should shine His face on you and grant you grace. What does it mean that God is shining the light on you? Who knows? Hashem decides. God should lift His face to you, right? Turn His face to you. And grant you peace. What kind of peace? What kind of lifting of Hashem's face? It's very, very general. In order that Borei Olam himself should step in and say, okay, the interpretation for this person of those words is X or is Y or is Z. My friends, it is based on this idea that I would like to share a beautiful concept about this idea. We think we understand, we get that, Hashem should bless me. Hashem should protect me, I get that. You know, I'm driving, I fall asleep for a second, Hashem protects me. I'm about to invest in a deal, God knows that the guy is a crook, he's going to steal the money from me. Hashem makes sure that for whatever reason, I can't get through to my bank, Hashem protects me. We get what blessing is, we get what protection is, we get what peace is. But what are these two ideas, Ya'er Hashem Panav, that Hashem shines His face. What does that mean? Yisa Hashem panav That Hashem turns to you. What do those things mean? What does that concept communicate? So I'd like to share an example of what this means. He'arat panim. A lighting up of the face. Now they tell an amazing story. There was a man in Israel who was a, a pure man of chesed. Every once in a while, you get to meet a person who's like this. There's nothing that animates them, that excites them more in this world than doing acts of chesed. It's the same guy who joins Hatzalah and he's part of the Gemach Society to lend money to people for payday, before payday. And he's part of the, you know, everything that comes to the issues of, of kindness in the community. He's picking up things and he's making meals and he's doing... You name it, this guy's doing it. Different people have a... Have a uh, a penchant for, uh, for doing different uh, mitzvot. This guy, what did he decide he was going to do? He decided he was going to give, he was going to go out and buy a car, and he was going to use the car only for chesed. In fact, it reminded me when I read the story of a, uh, of a, a certain man whose name was, I think it was Rabbi Tzvi Pruzanski in Lakewood. And one of his favorite mitzvot was to give people rides. And not only would he give people rides, uh, you know, if they were going somewhere that was on his way, but even if it was the opposite direction to where he was going, he would take you in the car, drop you exactly, and not on the corner near, door-to-door service. Anyway, when he passed away, so oh, everyone was sharing these stories, and many people shared stories of this, you know, about his, the way he was with his car. So his nephew decided, in, in, to, in order to keep his memory alive and as a zakhut for him and to learn from his ways he decided that he was also going to give so he sees a guy walking he says he rolls down the window where you going? going to the yeshiva I'm going to the grocery store he takes him drops him off have a great day anyway he does this feels amazing finds another guy where you going? I'm going to my house he goes uh, he goes oh perfect I'll get you no problem I'll give you a ride he says where are you going? he says it doesn't matter where I'm going I'm taking you home Anyway, the man says to him, he goes, are you doing this because of Rav Tzvi Pruzanski? He says, how did you know? 
He says, because this is the second time this week that someone's given me a lift and gone out of their way. And I actually heard that this person just passed away. And, the, and Rabbi Brzezinski shared, he says, yes, actually, yes, he was, he was my uncle. So there's different ways. Pardon the pun, there's different vehicles to be able to do chesed. This guy chose to buy a car, you know, not an expensive car, an old car, but that's what he's going to use it for. Giving people rides, helping patients who have, I remember a friend of mine who had to get cancer treatments at the time. He didn't even have enough money to pay for a cab back and forth every time. So he's so weak. And what is he doing? He's getting on a bus to, for 45 minutes to get to Hadassah. This type of thing, he found that it was a special mitzvah for him. He would take his car and he would drive people around. He didn't use the car for anything personal. Only thing he used the car for was for, for mitzvot, for chesed. The one exception was when it came to Chol HaMoed. On Chol HaMoed, this man understood a very deep principle. You want to be a man of chesed, charity begins at home. You can't be a superman for everybody else and neglect your own children. So the day that he gave his kids the time of day, Yani, he really was on Chol HaMoed. He would take the kids, they would load up the car, they would drive all the way up north in Israel, you know, uh, you know, have a great trip, drive back, do camping, do this, but you know, those are the times when they had the special times with their dad uh, in the car. Other than that, he didn't use the car for anything but chesed. Okay, Vayihi hayom, Chol HaMoed turns up, all the kids pack up the car, the guy gets in the car, tries to start the car, something happens, a problem with the gear, can't drive the car. He can't believe it. He can't believe it. Here he uses the car every day for chesed, no problem. Now, the, one, the, the minute amount of times he's going to use it for his family, the car is broken down. He can't believe it. His old jalopy, it's true, it's old. But at the same time, you know, it never faltered until now. How, he, and he felt in his heart, you know, he didn't understand why Hashem... Okay, he didn't ask questions. He keeps his emunah, takes the car, has it towed to the local garage, and the guy says to him, I'm sorry, the whole gearbox is shot. We're going to need to replace it. It's going to cost you 18,000 shekel. The guy thinks to himself, 18,000 shekel? I don't have 18,000 shekel. But if he wants to carry on doing his mitzvot, he's got to do it. He says, okay, change it. I'll figure out how to come up with the money. When's the car going to be ready? Two days. All right. At least he'll have a couple days of Cholam Mo'ed that he could still drive with the kids. He tells the kids, look, we're going to go instead of the first two days, Cholam Mo'ed, we're going to go the last two days. Meanwhile, he checks how much he's got. He doesn't have enough money on his card. He gets a friend who has another card. He comes with three cards, four cards, pick a card, any card. He walks in and he says, uh, you know, he says, I'm here to pick up the car. Can I have the, can I have the bill, please? The man hands in the bill, he looks down at the bottom of the bill. What does it say? Cost for services, zero shekel. He says, what are you talking about? There must be some mistake. The guy told me, 80, I mean, I'm happy to go for free, but maybe this is not my bill. The guy told me, the man behind the counter says, you're absolutely correct. But we got a, uh, a, a message. I think it was Volvo. We got a message from Volvo that they had had an issue with some cars with the gearbox and they gave us a, uh, a, uh, an ability, a reimbursement 
that any car that has done less than 150,000 kilometers, the replacement of the gearbox is free. So you're free to go, you're paid, free and clear, no worries. The guy can't believe it. Odula Hashem Kitov, he's so happy. He can't believe he doesn't have to pay. He walks outside, turns on the car, and as soon as he turns on the car, he notices that his car has on it 149,990 something miles on it. If he would have driven down the block, he would have went over the 150, 18,000 shekel he didn't have. HaKadosh Baruch Hu makes it die exactly when it needs to because the Volvo message is coming through the line, the wires right now, saying that anyone under the 150 gets the replacement Rabotai for free. That's He'arat Panim. When a person, he experiences that HaKadosh that Baruch Hu, his face is lit up. And what does that mean that his face is lit up? We find one example of those exact words in the Torah. Where do we find a face lit exactly, Simon? That Moshe Rabbeinu, his face shone. And we already learned, what was it that made Moshe Rabbeinu's face shine? And we expressed through the words of the Pnei Yoshua and others, that it was Moshe's humility and his deference to God that caused his face to shine. Now that's what causes Moshe Rabbeinu's face to shine. But what causes God's face to shine? My friends, the answer is it's the same thing. When Moshe Rabbeinu was an anav and he put himself on the back burner, right? He was the humblest man that ever lived. So what shone forth from Moshe Rabbeinu? Not his body, not his physical self. Rather, his neshama, which is a piece of God in heaven himself. When God's face is not shining, it's not because he needs a new light bulb. It's because we have erected michitzot, barriers between us and him. And the light can't penetrate. The thicker the barrier, the less light shines through. But when a person is witnessing HaKadosh Baruch Hu without any barriers, without any boundaries, where there's no doubt and there's no question and there's complete faith, in such a moment a person experiences the full light of Boreh Olam's face. So what does the bracha mean? You should see HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence be manifest in your life with no doubt. Yesterday I was giving a women's class. One of the women asked, how do you know you married someone? How do you know you married the person you're supposed to be with? Imagine you're with someone and they're not your zivug. Of course she was asking for a friend. <laughs> yes, my friends. It's a good question. How do you know if you messed up God's plan? How do you know if God had someone special for you and you went and chose the wrong person? My friends, the answer is, of course a person can marry the person that, a person that they're not supposed to. As an example, I decide I'm going to marry this girl. She's very beautiful. She's completely shallow, but I made that decision. Yeah? Can I, you know, skirt around my tzadeket of a zivug and go for that girl in the corner, you know, who's, of course I can. I have a free, I have free will. I can choose 
to use my bechira in an inappropriate way. When a person in the dating process, their thought process is pure, they're choosing for the right reasons, they're getting into marriage for the right reasons, then they can rely that God brought them towards their nasib, their zivug. When a person was very shallow, she chose him for his money. He chose her for her family's money. He, she chose him for his looks. She chose him because he's popular. But there are no actual bedrock values, uh, elements of respect, worthy of respect, of love, in the other person. Then you can't know that. But it's difficult being in life it's difficult being in situations where you're not sure at all if this is where you're supposed to be, where you're supposed to be putting in your effort. Could I dial it up at work? Yes, but am I really even supposed to be here? One of the berachot, the berkat kohanim, is that HaKadosh Baruch Hu's presence should be made clear to you. It should shine bright in your life. And in such a moment, a person can experience, can endure, can go through anything because they know that that is part of the plan that's taking them to the best possible place. Could you imagine if every time your car broke down, you were, you were able to know the end of the story, that the reason why that happened is because your car is at 149999 and at 150000 you get a bill for 18 grand. How much easier would our life be? We're asking God to lift up the curtain a little bit and let us get a glimpse of His light, of His face, as it guides us through uh, this magnificent adventure called life. Baruch Adonai Le'olam. Amen.